So like I shared with the kids, uh, we, we have a lot to be thankful for in our freedoms. And, uh, and today we're going to talk a little bit about our freedom in Christ. And, and so um, we're so glad that you're here this morning and we're so glad that we're celebrating worship together and, and that we get to discover more today together about who God is and what God wants for our lives, right? And so we especially want to welcome our online worshipers as well. And kids, if there's kids that are worshiping online, we have that scavenger hunt on our Facebook page. So you can go and follow along and do the scavenger hunt with the rest of our kids. And, uh, and so um, and, and, and one day, we hope that our online worshipers will, will get to meet you in person. So thanks for joining us. And, and I thought about this message a, a while ago and thinking about Fourth of July and thinking about independence. And, um, and I thought, you know, tomorrow... Tomorrow, a lot of us will gather together, and we'll gather, and it's going to look a little different this year, but we're going to gather with friends, and we're going to gather with family, and we're going to celebrate our independence, and we're going to think back on that day in 1776 when we became a free country, and, and because of the courage of a few, way back then, we are able to experience so many different freedoms today. And, and we're free, like I told the children, we're free to choose our jobs, right? Nobody tells us what we're going to be when we grow up. I don't know if you knew this or not, in Cuba, uh, you, you, um, are, you, are, you're, you are picked, your job is picked for you, and you go to school for whatever that job is. And so some might be picked to be a teacher, some might be picked to be a doctor, others may be picked to be uh, a worker or a mechanic, and they don't get to choose, what they want to do, but we in the United States, we get to choose what we want to do with the rest of our lives. We get to choose what church we want to go to. We get to choose where we're going to live. We get to choose where we'll go on vacation. We get to choose where we'll, what we'll eat for dinner. And I think how blessed we are because there are so many people in so many countries that they don't get to choose. They get rice and beans and they get a, a portion of rice and beans, and they, they don't even get to choose how much they get, and yet we get to choose. We have so many freedoms, and I love, I love that we can gather together with friends and family, and I love that we can have picnics and pool parties and cookouts and parades and barbecues and my favorite, fireworks. I love fireworks. They are uh, one of my favorite parts of 4th of July. Well, I'll tell you this. They were my favorite part of 4th of July until we got our dog, Mr. Wilson. And uh, Mr. Wilson has sucked the joy out of fireworks in my life. You see, he doesn't share the joy of the rocket's red glare. He doesn't share the joy of the bombs bursting in air. He doesn't share in my excitement to see the sky light up with all different colors of lights. Instead, he makes his way to the bathroom where he paces back and forth and is shaking constantly and drooling everywhere. There's nothing like 4th of July like stepping in a puddle of drool and bare feet. But I love fireworks. I still love them. He hasn't taken away all of my joy. And I remembered, I remembered a time when I was a younger, when I was a young teenager, and me and a friend, we went to a condo on the beach, and it was right after 
4th of July, and my friend brought this brown paper sack full of leftover fireworks. And most of what he had left over is probably the same things that you probably have left over when, uh, when you do fireworks at home, and it's the smoke bombs. Like, those are the things that are always left over because we like the things that go snap or pop or bam or bang and light up the night, and there, then there's these smoke bombs. And, uh, and so he had a bag of them left over, and I remember we, we kind of got bored, and, and so we were sitting on the balcony of our room, and, and we were lighting smoke bombs, right? And we were filling the sky with all different colors, so if you lit a red one, then red smoke, if you lit a blue one, blue smoke, a green one, green smoke, and so on. And so we're, we're lighting these smoke bombs, and we're letting filling up the, uh, the sky with these colors, and when the smoke bomb would go off, we would throw them over the balcony, Right? And, uh, and so uh, we were doing that, and we noticed, so that one of the smoke bombs that we threw over the balcony, because we thought it was done, well, it wasn't done. And it began to reignite in the grass below, and the grass was really dry that season, and we began to see it ignite the, the grass on fire. And so a little fire had started, and so I remember I ran into the bathroom because I was a Boy Scout, right? And like Boy Scouts are always prepared, and so I ran into the bathroom, and I filled up the trash can with water, and I ran back out onto the balcony to dump the water over to put out the fire, and by the time I had gotten back out, the wind had picked up, and the fire had grown more than what a trash can of water, a little bathroom trash can of water could put out. And so my next thought was, well, I'll go downstairs and I'll ask the managers for a fire extinguisher. And nothing says, oh, yippee, than a 14-year-old running to an adult saying, hey, I need a fire extinguisher, right? Like with this look of panic in your eyes. And, and I remember running and, and, and the manager's like, why do you need a fire extinguisher? I'm like, listen, there's no time. We got to go. And so he grabs the fire extinguisher and follows me out. And by the time that we had gotten out to where that fire was now, uh, was the size of like, like a, 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 a um, I don't know, it was, it, was, it was like the size of a car. Now it is taking up the entire field. And the fire is beyond fire extinguisher. Like now it's time to call 911 because the wind had picked up. It was the perfect storm. The wind picked up. The grass was dry. And I see this fire making its way towards this little tiki bar that's like 200 yards away. And I see the people in the tiki bar, they saw the fire and they've got the hoses out, right? And they're already like hosing down the tiki bar and hosing down the grass and the fire trucks come. And man, it was, it was a scary moment for me as a kid. And I'm thinking about these fireworks and as I looked across the field, it was a horrifying experience. But guess what? I still love fireworks, but I leave them to the professionals now. And today I want to talk about the freedom. I want to talk about the freedom that, that, talk to you about the freedom that we have, but not so much the freedom that we have as citizens of the United States, but I want to talk to you about the freedoms that we have as brothers and sisters in Christ. And I want to answer the question today, and I think it's an important question for us to ask, and it's the question, how can we experience true freedom in Christ? Like, I want you to think about that with me today. How do we experience true freedom in Christ? And the answer to that question, well, it might shock you. Like, the answer to that question, it might even cause you to stop and to ponder. Because in our Western culture and the world that we live in, in the United States, it seems like everyone is seeking freedom from something. Freedom from injustice and freedom from oppression and freedom from hatred and freedom from tyranny. And the list goes on and on and on. 
And freedom is one of our highest virtues in this country that we live in. It's why so many people want to come here because we're the land of what? The free. And today, or or tomorrow, we will spend all day celebrating that freedom with flags and with fireworks and with cookouts. But the Apostle Paul has a very different view of what freedom looks like and promises us a different kind of freedom and promises us a freedom in Christ. And it seems to go right along with the theme of of 4th of July, but, but here's the catch. Freedom in Christ is not the same as freedom that we enjoy in America It's not the same as our American ideas. It's not the same as our American ideas of political and economical freedom. And so if you have your Bibles today, I just want to encourage you to turn with me to Romans. Romans chapter 6. And uh, and so the Apostle Paul is the author of Romans. He's writing this to the people in Rome. and, And he has some things to say about this freedom in Christ that we're talking about. And so starting in verse 20, I just want to read verses 20 through 23, and you can join me uh, if you'd like to, or the words will be on the screen as well. He says this, starting in verse 20, he says, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things that you are now ashamed of? And Paul's saying, so when you were a sinner, when you were living in sin, when you were a slave to sin, he said, you were free from the bondage of righteousness or right living or holiness. Holiness had no hold on you. He said, but what good or what benefit did you get from that? Because now you're ashamed of those things that you were doing, those things that you once considered joy but now discover as sin. He says... But now that you've been set free from sin and you have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to, check this out, the benefit of being a slave to God leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. Paul says, so now that you're no longer a slave to sin, but you're a slave to God, the benefit of being a slave to God is that you begin to reap the benefits of being holy and the promise or the result is eternal life or life forever with God. And then Paul throws this in in verse 23 just to make sure that whoever's reading this or whoever's hearing this letter as it's read understands that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So in this passage, Paul tells us that we are all slaves. We're all slaves. He says that we have a choice, that we can either be a slave to sin, which leads to spiritual death, or we can be slaves to God, which leads to holiness and eternal life. And he says that those who are slaves to sin Well, they can't free themselves from it. Like it's impossible. You can just imagine if you're a slave to sin that you're shackled to sin. You're handcuffed to sin and there's no way that you can free yourself from it. There's no magic trick to getting out from the the shackles of sin. He says the only way, the only person 
that can free you from sin is Jesus. But then he says, but once we are freed, once we are freed from sin, once we're freed from the penalty and the power of sin through the cross, we become a different kind of slave. And in that slavery, we find complete peace and freedom. Not any kind of freedom, but true freedom. And Paul uses an interesting word for, for slave. He uses the Greek word, which is doulos. And, uh, and, and, and unfortunately, so many modern Bible translations, they, they choose to translate this word doulos as servant. A word which implies like hired help. Like there's an end to your, to your service. But the word that Paul uses is the word slave. And it's really the only proper translation of the Greek word doulos. And Paul intentionally uses the phrase slaves of sin because before we find our freedom in Christ, we are quite literally slaves to sin. And talking about being freed by Christ, Paul goes on to say in verse 22, he says, but now that you have been set free, you've been set free from the bondage of sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit that you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. That freedom in Christ, Paul says, doesn't mean absolute freedom. That freedom in Christ doesn't mean that you can do whatever you want. It doesn't mean freedom from, it means freedom for. In other words, freedom in Christ means being free for the sake of God. And in the same sentence that Paul says you've been set free from sin, he goes on to say that you've become slaves of God. And so the question really isn't, are you a slave or are you free? The real question is to what am I a slave to? Am I a slave to my natural instincts, my sinful nature, or am I a slave to God? Am I a slave to my own desires, or am I a slave to God? Am I a slave to the things that I want, or am I a slave to God? Paul says, if you're a slave for God, there's good news. Like, have you ever thought about being a slave as being good news? But Paul says there's good news because it means that God is working in your life to bring holiness. He's transforming you into what you were created to be. Because I don't know if you realize it or not, church, but you were created. That God had a plan and a purpose for your life long before you were born. The Bible says that long before you were a sparkle in your mother's eye, that God knew you. He knew your name and he knew the good works that he had planned for you. But when we chain ourselves to sin, we can never become what God created us to be. But when we become slaves to God, there's no shackles, there's no chain, there's no handcuffs. And we begin to become transformed into the very person that God desired for us to be. You see, being chained to God means God is using the Holy Spirit to shape us into the people he intended us for, to become. People with a hope. And we need hope right now, right? And church, we should be the people of hope. Yes, the world needs Jesus and he is declaring that you and I are to be the faces of hope for the world. And so how do we experience true freedom in Christ? 
Like, how do we do that? How do we become slaves of God, if you will? Here's the answer. And wait for it because it's really counterintuitive to what our world would say. We experience true freedom in Christ when we surrender our lives to Jesus. We experience true freedom in Christ when we surrender our lives to Jesus. You heard it. You heard it right, too, that when we surrender, we gain freedom. And that just doesn't make sense to us, right? Like in the world that we live in, we say, no, we have to, we only get freedom by fighting for it, right? But Jesus says, no, we experience true freedom in Christ when we surrender our lives. We don't gain freedom by being a good person. We don't gain freedom by doing good things. We don't gain freedom by fighting for it. We don't gain freedom by giving a bunch of money or by doing whatever we want, We gain freedom by surrendering our lives to Jesus, by submitting our will and our ways to those of Jesus. You see, what what really distinguishes a slave from a hired servant is this idea of surrender. A slave must surrender his or her entire life, while a servant only surrenders part of it. And it is the degree to which we are able to surrender our all to Christ that leads to our freedom. You want to experience true freedom in Christ, you have to ask yourself, how much of my life am I willing to surrender? Because if you're not willing to give God your all, you're never going to experience true freedom in Christ. That's why Jesus said it this way in Luke 9, 23. He said, whoever wants to be my disciple, whoever wants to be someone who follows me, whoever wants to be a Christian must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. You see, church, self-denial is all about surrender. We are truly free when when we live the surrendered life. We are truly free when we are no longer slaves to sin, but rather we are slaves to God. It is the freedom God offers us in Christ that truly sets us free. In Galatians 5.1, Paul continues to talk about this freedom, and he says this. He says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery, speaking about sin. Paul's saying, listen, y'all, y'all got to stand up and you got to stand firm against sin. You can't allow sin to become a part of you. You can't be chained to sin anymore because Christ has set you free. So the question I think we ask is, are we living in the freedom that God offers us? Are you living in the freedom that God offers you in a relationship with Jesus? Are we truly living free Or are we still slaves to our sin? Are we really free or are we all about our own selfish desires? Let me ask you, are there areas of your life, even in this moment, are there areas of your life where the Holy Spirit is calling you, begging you to surrender that area to God so that you might be truly free? Are there places in your life 
that you need to give over to God? Is there an addiction? Is there unforgiveness? Is there a secret habit? Or is there a secret sin that only you know about? Is there anything in your life that is keeping you from fully surrendering to God? And I would say, why not? Why not make this Independence Day truly an Independence Day by surrendering your life to King Jesus so that you might be truly free, free from your sin, so that you can have freedom in Christ, that freedom that shapes you into the person that you were always created to be and get the gift of eternal life. Listen, church, we can't be free from a lot of, we can be free from a lot of things. We can experience a lot of freedom in this world, but until we fully surrender our lives to Christ Jesus, you will never experience true freedom. Like Paul said in Galatians 5.1, we gotta stand firm. We gotta stand up and stand firm and not allow ourselves to become slaves to our own sin because Jesus gave it all. He gave it all on the cross so that we might be free. Yes, we live in America. We live in the home of the brave and the land of the free, but too many Americans are living in bondage. They're living in bondage to sin. They're living in bondage to drug addiction. They're living in bondage to alcoholism. They're living in bondage to unforgiveness. They're living in bondage to anger and greed. They're living in bondage. And that was never ever God's intention for their life. And it was never God's intention for your life either. So let's let God's freedom ring in our hearts this 4th of July. Let's live the fully surrendered life. A life where we say, God, you have it all. You have every part. There's no secret sin in my life anymore. I'm not gonna hold on to the unforgiveness. I'm not gonna hold on to the bitterness or the anger. I'm not gonna hold on to the addictions. But I lay it all down at the cross today. Let us pray today, lead me to the cross. Because here's the deal. At the cross, there's forgiveness. At the cross, there's grace. At the cross, there's hope. At the cross, there's joy. At the cross, there's everything that you could ever need. At the cross, there's eternal life. So today as we pray, if you've never experienced the freedom that comes with knowing Jesus, that today would be your independence day. That today would be the day that you would say, God, I surrender my whole life to you. It doesn't make sense that to gain freedom, I have to surrender something. But God, I'm trusting. I'm trusting that I'm going to surrender my life to you so that I might experience that freedom that comes with a relationship with you. Would you pray? Father God, we thank you. We thank you for the freedom that we 
that we take for granted in this country that we live in. Father, there are men and women all over this world who don't experience the same freedoms we do. God, they don't get to pick the church that they go to. God, they don't get to pick their job that they're gonna do for the rest of their lives. Father, they don't even get to pick what kind of food they're gonna eat today. Father, they don't know what freedom's like. But Father, they often do know the freedom that comes from a relationship with you. So Father, we live in a world where we've kind of gotten fat off of our freedom. And Lord, we kind of live with this attitude that we're gonna do whatever we want. But Father, having true freedom in you means that we become slaves to you, that we surrender our lives to you that we trust that you know what's best for us better than we do. So Father, this morning I pray that as we sit here and as we sing this last song, Lord, that you would make us aware of the areas in our lives that we haven't fully surrendered and given to you. And that we would not waste another day, but that we would give that sin that anger, that bitterness, that unforgiveness, who we would offer it up to you, that we would take it to the cross. And Lord, I pray for the people in here that have no relationship with you, that have never experienced the freedom that comes from knowing you, that today would be the day that they would just wave the white flag and they would surrender their life fully to you so that they might experience true freedom that can only come from you. We love you, Lord. Thanks for loving us in the many ways that you do. In your name we pray, amen. Well, church, let's stand together in freedom and let's sing our last song together when the freedom that Christ gives us. Sing with your hearts. Give God everything that you've got as you lift your voices to him. And if you wanna come and pray, you come and you spend time in prayer. And if you want someone to pray with you, feel free to tap me on my shoulder. I'm happy and privileged to come and pray with you. Let's sing together.